This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson from Ephesians 4, the verses are 17 through 32, and the title of this week's lesson is The New Adam. This is the ninth of our lessons in this quarter. Again, Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 32, from the New King James Version of the Bible, the text reads, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you Put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God to, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Blessed be God's holy and divine word. Let it sink deeply into our hearts of mind and influence our daily walk. Amen. This lesson extends Paul's teaching to the overall realm of Christian ethics. Paul does not berate or belittle. He instructs and witnesses to the antithesis that is the difference that illuminates and directs the Christian life. According to Paul, here in Ephesians, as in Romans 6, 1 through 14, Overcoming evil is not a matter of obligation, but a matter of course, an expectation. We are impelled to model Christ. It is part of who we are. Retreat is not an option. 
for a Christian, the decisive step toward perfect liberty has already been taken. The new light already envelops us. We have God's promise. To have God's promise is to lay aside the old man and put on the new. Verses 22 through 23 in our lesson today. Paul is asking the Ephesians to become what they are. And by extension, he is encouraging us to continue to live up to God's expectations for his children. To become what we already are is a continual task for anyone, something we must call to mind again and again as long as we live. We must seek to be continually renewed by the Spirit in our thinking. God's reality must become the life-transforming reality of our lives. The resume of a Christian must always demonstrate a dynamic movement forward in faithful anticipation of what is to come. The free gift Paul referenced in Romans 5.18 is described in detail in Paul's letter to the Ephesians both of God's mercy and grace, Jesus died in our place on the cross. His shed blood makes it possible for us to be redeemed. That's in uh, verse 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. Brought near to God, chapter 2, verse 13 and reconciled with fellow believers in one body through the cross. Chapter 2, verse 16. All of these aspects of Christ's sacrifice draws us closer in grace to God's glory. And he deserves all praise and glory. Chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. And he deserves our allegiance, our faithful following. Rather than living recklessly and selfishly, we should walk worthy of the calling with which we have been called, chapter 4 and verse 1. We do not do this by following the example of the old man, the old Adam. Instead, we do this when we put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Chapter 4, verse 24. Notice 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Also notice Colossians 3 and verse 10. And have put on the new man, the new man, who is renewed in knowledge 
according to the image of him who created him. The behavior God's people are to avoid results from what Paul calls the futility of their mind, Ephesians 4 and verse 17. These futilities are things that have no value or purpose. Because of their empty or corrupt minds, these individuals had their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, as we read in verse 18 in our lesson text. Rather than seeking to know God, those immersed in the world ignore him. By living in disobedience, individuals become sinners. Adam and Eve introduced sin into the human family. In the process, they turned themselves over as all men and women have turned themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness, Ephesians 4, verse 19. Those who reject God and ignore his truth ultimately become numb or callous to sin. Those who, who ignore God's truth will showcase, demonstrate their unbelief in their actions. They allow themselves to become sons of disobedience who fulfill the desires of the flesh and mind. Ephesians 2, verses 2 and 3. Obviously, this is not the kind of life God calls his followers to live. That, however, is not the way of life learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Notice in our lesson, verses 20 and 21. Christ is our Redeemer because he turned us away from that way of life, that estrangement from God. By grace, we have been saved. Notice Ephesians 4 and verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt, Christians are to stop engaging in behaviors associated with the world for such actions merely serve to drive believers further from God. Peter made a similar point when he told his readers that the Christian no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Live for the will of God. 1 Peter 4 and verse 2. After they put off sinful practices, Paul called for the Ephesians to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 23. This renewal is a constant 
a constant process, a rebooting every day, an analysis every day, to what extent am I living a life that glorifies God? Notice Ephesians 4 and 23. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Such renewal occurs when one dismisses, puts aside his or her desires in favor of God's expectations again and is transformed accordingly. Notice Romans 12 and verse 2. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The reason, the incentive, the motivation is to serve God, to glorify God. This new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness, Ephesians 4 and 24, replaces, therefore replaces the old man. This language in verse 24 recalls Genesis 1, 26 and 27. God created man in his own image. We are his creation for his pleasure, his glory. The image marred by sin is being recreated in Christ. This new creation is viewed as a work God has already accomplished, reflecting the ideas of Ephesians 2 and verse 10, where it is written, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The key characteristic is the focus on Christ who gave himself in truth and love for the new covenant found in the New Testament. Beginning with verse 24, Paul describes what it looks like to put on the new. These instructions echo other places where Paul makes practical application of what it means to live as Christ did, Romans 12, 1, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above. Galatians 5, 1, stand fast, therefore, in liberty. That is the perfect law of liberty, James 1, 25, by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Paul encourages Christians to refrain from actions that adversely or negatively affect others. We are to avoid lying, verse 25. Practice self-control. Colossians 3 and verse 5, Therefore, put to death, mortify your members which are on the earth. Practice self-control, verses 26 and verse 27. Refrain from stealing, 
verse 28, and speak only what is good for necessary edification that may impart grace to the heavens, to the hearers, verse 29. Paul reminds us of the control we exercise over both our actions and our disposition. Sin separates us from God. Notice Isaiah 59 and verse 2. Your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. And subsequently, verse 30 in our lesson, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the the day of redemption. Paul's focus on actions that impact others reminds us that our sins have consequences that extend beyond our own lives. We are not an island. What we do affects others. When when individuals tell lies, they sin against both God and man. When individuals lose self-control and lash out in anger, They allow the evil genius an opportunity to work through their actions. When individuals steal, they rob both themselves and those whose actions uh, they, they take against are affected. When individuals speak in a vile manner, they harm themselves and others. Rather than living in this manner, which grieves the Holy Spirit of God, we must follow Jesus' instructions and treat others as we wish to be treated. Notice Matthew 7 and verse 12. If we wish to be forgiven, we must be willing to forgive. If we wish to be forgiven, we must be willing to forgive. If we wish to be treated with kindness, we must extend kindness to others. The apostle sums up the way believers are to treat one another by saying, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted." forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Chapter 4, 31 and 32 in our lesson conclusion. This list is similar to Colossians 3, where Paul tells them to put on the new man by putting off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, and put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Verses 8 through 12, Colossians 3. We learn how to live by learning, honoring, and living Christ. Back to verse 20 in our lesson. Learn Christ. His example is worthy of our imitation. His life provides the pattern for us to follow. He who is not busy born 
is busy dying. Let us get ourselves together. Seek Jesus. Follow Christ. This entire section reinforces our understanding of the reality of Christ. He is not theoretical. He is greater than history. He is beyond all earthly vanities. He is perfection personified. Again, he is not theoretical. He is perfection personified. He is our hope, our blessing, our model of righteousness with eternal implications. We are called to be noble, good, and caring. Notice Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble or honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate, think on these things. Strive to achieve. Endeavor to gain. Goodness matters because God is good. Goodness is built into his creation. When we know God and imitate God, we feel the benefits of his goodness. Even some atheists believe in secular ethics and all ethical behaviors are irrevocably rooted in Christian morality. Some kinds of human behavior are evil and some are good. However, when godly righteousness is taken from the daily focus of man, it is impossible, futile, pure vanity for an individual to expect to consistently differentiate between good and evil. Goodness, again, is of God. We feel the benefits of his goodness when we follow his will and his way. The admonitions to live enlightened lives in Ephesians chapters 4 and 5 are predicated on a God of love who has reached out by his grace to save a sinful world. Individual virtue must be pursued in order to create a unified church. When love is to be practiced in the pursuit of unity, a bond of peace results, and therefore, God is glorified. We are edified. The church grows in his grace. This lesson is yours. To God be the glory. Thank you all for being a part of this study. I pray that something has been said that is both edifying and uplifting. Next week's lesson comes from Ephesians 5, verses 
1 through 21 and is titled Imitating God. In our imitation of God, we are to remember to pray constantly and consistently as did our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray one for another. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you, Father, for being our Father who sits high and looks low. We approach your throne of grace with wonderment and awe at your grace, your mercy, your everlasting love, your long-suffering. We ask for your forgiveness for any trespasses we have committed since the last time we have been together as we repent of those sins and ask for your forgiveness, knowing you are a God of second chances and so much more. We thank you for your wisdom that we may access through following your will and your way. We thank you for your word that is a lamp unto our feet and a beacon of hope in an otherwise chaotic and confused world. We thank you for Jesus Christ in whom, by whom, and through whom we may find our way back to you if it is your will. We pray for those who do not know you yet. We pray for space and time that they may come to know you before it is eternally too late. We pray for all within the sound of my voice. We pray for your clarity, Father, your strength to envelop us, build us up where we're torn down, heal us, sustain us as we seek to serve you with zeal and love. Thank you, Father, for your presence, your listening ear, and your willingness to take action in the lives of your children. It is in the most holy name of Jesus Christ we offer up this prayer. Amen. Again, church, thanks for listening. Let us all reach out in Christian love this week in our daily walk. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Count it all joy. Stay safe. Bye for now.